It's so honorable to get to know our fears. The more we know our fears, the less scary they become because we get to see that most of our fears are stories that we have made up in our minds. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. It's almost time to celebrate Halloween here in the United States. Halloween is a time when a lot of people decorate their homes with spooky-looking ornaments like ghosts, goblins, spiders, jack-o'-lanterns, and scary things. In my neighborhood, where there are lots of families, some of my neighbors love their scary decorations. During Halloween, a lot of people like watching scary movies and talking about scary things. So, in honor of Halloween... Let's talk about scary things in, you guessed it, our communication. Something that's scary for a lot of people when it comes to communication is conflict. And after helping so many people communicate skillfully during conflicts and teaching so many workshops about it, what I've noticed is that people are scared of conflict because they equate the word conflict with the word fighting. And truthfully, this meaning of conflict is accurate when we look at its etymology. The word conflict comes from Latin, conflictus, and it means contest, competition. It also comes from the Latin term confligere, which means to fight, struggle, strike together, or be in opposition. Then, the word conflict expanded its meaning from Old French in the early 15th century to mean an armed encounter or battle. So, yes, when we see conflict that way, when we consider it a battle, an encounter in which both sides bring their weapons to fight, to struggle, to strike each other, then conflict is more scary than any of the Halloween decorations in my neighborhood, which I'm telling you, there are a lot of them. So, yes, when we approach conflict in this way, when we consider that we are going to go to battle, then conflict can be frightening, especially if we think of conflict in this way with our loved ones. When we view conflict as a fight, we can be afraid of hurting the people we love And we can also be afraid of getting ourselves hurt by the people who love us. And this idea of hurting our loved ones or getting hurt by our loved ones, that's a scary one. But you know, the fear of conflict doesn't actually take place in our hearts. In fact, I know that if you're listening to this podcast, You are a kind, compassionate, and intrinsically good human being. And I know there is no place in your heart for making or storing weapons. I know this because you're wonderfully human, like my clients, 
and students. When I support them, especially when I work with a couple or a family, what I usually find is that when people connect to their heart, you know what they find there? Feelings. Feelings of sadness, pain, hurt, vulnerability, insecurity, disconnection. But then when they connect to their mind and their internal dialogue, what we find there are ideas about how the other is wrong, unfair, guilty, or mean. We find assumptions about the ill intention of the other person and about the negative reaction the other person will have. And we also find ideas and beliefs about the inability to speak their truth, the belief that they have to prove to the other person that their point of view is right, or we also find past experiences of conflict in which they were shut down by someone who was in a position of power when my clients were young. Now, how about you? Take a moment to reflect. When you get scared of conflict, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the other and the power you perceive in them? Are you afraid of yourself and your lack of ability to handle the conflict? Are you afraid of being ridiculed, made fun of, getting hurt? Are you afraid that the bond of connection will not survive the conflict and you'll be fired, shunned, rejected, or that the other will break up with you and abandon you? If you take a moment to reflect on this, then I commend you. It's so honorable to get to know our fears. The more we know our fears, the less scary they become, because we get to see that most of our fears are stories that we have made up in our minds. John Wellwood, one of my dear teachers, said that when we believe that these stories that we have created in our minds are true, we take what he called a stance of opposition, in which we see the other person as bad and we see ourselves as good. Of course, when this happens, conflict can be scary because if we see ourselves as good and the other person is bad, then we'll have to prove our goodness or our righteousness to the other and we'll have to point out the other person's perceived badness or wrongness. And of course, this state of opposition can also go the other way. That is to say, we can see the other person as good, and then we see ourselves as bad. And going into conflict with this story can also be scary, because that means that the other person who is good will see how bad we quote-unquote truly are. So yes, it's completely understandable that if you are seeing conflict as a fight or a battle, one in which you have to take a stance of opposition, one in which you're going to have to fight your enemy, conflict will be scary for you. From a communication standpoint, when we approach conflict with fear, we speak what I call the language of survival. I teach workshops and courses on the language of survival, and I'm not going to go into a deep dive here. But if you'd like to find out what your language of survival is, I put a quiz together for you to help you. You can go to languagealchemy.com forward slash quiz. 
I will add the link in the show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out what kind of language of survival you speak, and you will also get free communication tools to work with your particular language of survival. Now, what if conflict could be something different? What if conflict could be an opportunity to meet one another at a deeper level? What if we could see that every time we have a conflict, what we have is a confluence of experiences that we need to sort out, that we need to listen to so that we can find our common ground and actually help our connection be stronger? Well, if we are able to do that, then it would be like the equivalent of seeing that these scary stories about ourselves, the other person, or the outcome are like the Halloween decorations in my neighborhood. They're not real. And then it would be much easier to approach and navigate conflict. So conflict would no longer be scary. In my experience, wherever there are people, there's a confluence of diverse experiences. So, wherever there are people, there's going to be conflict. When we are able to sort out these experiences, to listen to one another with openness, more often than not, what we find is not only our common humanity, but also a deepening in our connection. Let me give you an example. I worked with a couple who, like most of the couples I work with, come from different cultures. They had a conflict they wanted to address without fighting, and they had not been able to accomplish this successfully. This couple had an issue in their apartment, but they were afraid of talking to their landlord. At first, they both held stories that reflected their opposition stances. She held the story that she was being responsible, aka good, while she thought he was being weak, which meant bad. He held a different story. His story was that he was being respectful, aka good, but that she was putting pressure on him to be rude. So she was bad. In her culture, it was the male partner who needed to address the situation. In his culture, it was impolite to address the situation directly. He was really afraid of losing their apartment if they talked to the landlord directly. His story was that the landlord was going to be so offended that he would retaliate and evict them. She was afraid that if they didn't talk to the landlord and they fixed what was wrong by themselves, as her partner suggested, that could have legal consequences in the future. And if other tenants heard that work was being done in the apartment without the landlord's consent, the landlord was going to find out, evict them, and sue them. While my clients came from different cultures and learned to approach conflict differently, they were both afraid, and they had both taken this stance of opposition. But once they both understood the fear that each of them was carrying, and once they were able to compassionately see that their approach to conflict was based on the cultures where they grew up, they were able to get ready to find common ground. For them, that common ground 
was that they both wanted a resolution in which they could stay in the apartment. So, they decided to write an email to the landlord. In our communication coaching session, we made sure that that email included her values of responsibility and his value of respect, as well as a clear explanation of their intention to stay in the apartment. And you know what the result was? The landlord fixed the issue and the couple was able to continue living there, which is what they wanted. But the greater outcome was that they were able to have the tools to listen to one another with openness and strengthen their connection. I usually like to say, don't be afraid of conflict, be ready for it. Because wherever there are people, there's going to be a conflict. But you are the one who gets to decide how to approach it. You get to choose whether you're going to go to battle or to a conversation to connect at a deeper level. And if you're interested in that second option, then there are a few things that you can do to help yourself get ready for conflict on your own. Number one, you can take the quiz so that you know what your language of survival is. Again, the link is languagealchemy.com forward slash quiz. Number two, you can notice what scary stories you're having in your internal dialogue. Number three, you can be aware of whether you're taking a stance of opposition. Number four, you can be willing to approach the conversation with the intention of curiosity and a desire to connect. And number five, you can seek to find common ground. Now, when you try this, let me know how it goes. I love hearing from you. Okay, let's recap what you've heard in this episode. In this episode, we talked about a common fear people have, the fear of conflict. I shared with you about the etymology of conflict and offered you a reframe to approach conflict differently. I also talked about the stance of opposition and gave you five steps you can take to get ready for conflict. And if you celebrate it, Happy Halloween! Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao! Original music by Gary Lapo. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.